0: From Tyler in France, this is Girls Night. I'm your host, Kate. And I'm your host, Tabby. Tonight, we solve the bathroom problem, and we explore niche YouTube channels. So grab a beverage. It's time for a night in.
1: So I had a really cool experience last week, and I am very excited to talk to you about it. Yeah, you went to DragonCon. Tell me everything. Well, um, that I did. I did go to Dragon (laughs) Con and it was incredible and I had a blast and the costumes were beautiful and my friends that I haven't seen in forever were wonderful and, uh, you know, it was great. But that's not what I wanted to talk to you about. I wanted to talk to you about the fact that I got to go to the bathroom with Wade. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so Wade went with me to Dragon Con and he is one of my best friends hi Wade <laughs> <laughs> hey Wade you're my BFF um, but he's a dude yeah. so we've never done the hey let's all go to the bathroom we're ladies and that's right. go as a herd I don't know um, because yeah but an entire level of the Marriott Marquis which in Atlanta partially hosts Dragon Con was made into gender neutral bathrooms Which, at first, I'm sure it's against their building code. Like, how did they do this? They put signs over the existing signs and just everything said gender-neutral restroom, and it was great. I love it. And it was wonderful. Honestly, it was a really great experience because we both had to pee. We walked into the same restroom. It was a multi-stall, standard, giant hotel-like yeah event area bathroom he grabbed a urinal, I grabbed a stall, we did what we had to do, washed our hands, and we were out of there. but there was no weight, oh God, and for women, oh, my God, that's incredible. and every woman and female presenting person in that restroom made a note of it. We were all chatting about it. we were all excited about it, and Wade didn't seem to notice a difference, but right you know. because think about all of the unutilized stalls in men's rooms, yes, they're just exactly. sitting there. The, and we could be peeing there <laughs> right now. We could be peeing in those stalls. <laughs> I want a teacher. We could be peeing there. Sorry. Go on. And but but it's true. There. Uh, <laughs> But it's true. Generally, women have to wait in a much longer line to use the restroom because uh, it takes us 44% longer to use the restroom. Mm -hmm. And we also, statistically speaking, use it more often. Mm -hmm. And so there are laws in place to try and make this situation easier for women, but they largely seem inadequate. Yeah, I wonder what happened. To put those in place? Yeah. Funny you should ask. <laughs> because in <Go> ni- on. <laughs> because in nineteen eighty seven, a man, a woman, and their daughter go to a Tchaikovsky concert at the Hollywood Bowl. They go to the bathroom, the two women, of course, wait in an incredibly long line, while the man gets in and out in like two seconds. Mm-hmm. But unlike every family outing I've ever been on, where the male members of my family are inconvenienced by my need to pee, the man in this family was a California state senator. After seeing just how long his family members had to wait, which of course made him miss out on about 30 minutes of Tchaikovsky, he introduces legislation to guarantee women more toilets. Or equal toilets well more than they had apparently because that seems so crazy <laughs> uh yeah and so believe it or not it was worse once at least it was in 1987 oh my God.
0: well thus was born the concept of potty parody
1: yeah and it really really makes me wish more shit was inconvenient for men yeah let's let's work on making stuff we want fixed
0: inconvenient for men that's another shirt i want so let me let me go ahead and define potty parity potty parity is when the number of fixtures in a bathroom is equal so if in the men's room there are three urinals and two stalls in the woman's room there must be five stalls
1: to equal as many facilities exactly okay yes um and thus the
0: we achieve something that I've dubbed Excretion Equilibrium.
1: That is officially my new band name. We are Excretion Equilibrium. You can find us at a bar near you. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Yeah, potty parity is a
0: major part of code requirement. And the requirement changes depending on the setting of a business. So, for example, in most restaurants and businesses, potty potty parity is like equal. So you've got same number of men's fixtures as you have women fixtures but then when you end up in like coliseum and stadium settings where you're serving thousands of people the bathroom (laughs) (laughs) sorry where you're servicing oh man this is not going well right (laughs) anyway um where you serve thousands of individuals finally got that the the parody changes and you actually have more women's toilets than men's toilets. And this is a reflection of what you said earlier, where it takes women 40%, 44% longer to use the bathroom. And mm-hmm. statistically, we go to the bathroom more often. But anyway, potty parody, when it became a thing, must have seemed pretty progressive at the time. Mm-hmm. But it has adversely complicated our current bathroom dialogue that discusses an individual's right to use whichever bathroom they desire to use because body parity operates on the assumption that gender is binary. Which it isn't. Exactly. Fortunately, though, some states have taken matters into their own hands and have made efforts to enact laws that promote gender equality. So, for example, California's Equal Access Restroom Act, which was made law in 2017 states that single user restrooms that is restrooms with one toilet it's just like a room with a toilet single user restrooms must be designated as gender neutral
1: that's so rad right
0: right (laughs) but so if a business has two single user restrooms they both should be labeled as restrooms and not designated for the use of an individual sex But the problem with this is that at the time, the code did not reflect the state law, the building code. Mm And you'll see this all the time, where the state law is incongruent with code, and sometimes it can can take code years to reflect the law.
1: Yeah, and and this has been a problem in the U.S. historically. Mm. For example, desegregation was ultimately decided by the Supreme Court in 1965, but it's a perfect example of what you're talking about, legislation affecting state building codes, which then can take longer to revise and replace. There were hundreds of codes and municipal statutes in place in every state dictating How buildings had to be set up to comply with Jim Crow segregation laws. Businesses were obligated to have separate dining rooms, waiting rooms, water fountains, and bathrooms for black people and white people. These regulations took nearly a decade to become rare if not completely overturned. But as any African American can tell you these days, the influence of so-called black codes are still felt today in zoning laws
0: it's it's easy to see how change can take way longer than a few decades.
1: Yes, and how building code can be extremely
0: discriminatory. Mm-hmm. To bring to bring it back to toilets though, the International Code Council has become an unlikely advocate for gender neutrality. The ICC made an addendum to their 2018 International Plumbing Code. <laughs> I know, we talk about such sexy topics. <laughs>
1: edge <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: uh, their code stating that single user toilet facilities and bathing rooms shall be identified for use by either sex which is terminology that has not been present in the code up until this point
1: that's incredibly revolutionary when you think about it mm-hmm. but it's just a sentence in some building code
0: i know it's and it's literally just like two sentences that make such a dramatic change internationally mm-hmm. this doesn't solve though the binary gender designation for multi-stalled facilities but it does make a considerable leap towards a more inclusionary bathroom experience because progressive businesses and architects now have the ability to just install singeriza toilets in any facility and refer to it as gender neutral and I've I've seen this in many cities I was in New York at a restaurant and I went to a restroom where there were Single-user European stalls, Mm -hmm. European stalls just being floor-to-ceiling doors so that you don't have any risk for, uh, quote-unquote, peeping toms, you know? Mm -hmm. And there were just single-user stalls and then a hand-washing centralized area, and men and women can just go to the bathroom. And it was not a problem. And I said to the man standing behind me in line, this is great. Why can't we just do this everywhere?
1: So we do have to talk about the elephant in the room because you and I both know that the ICC isn't the one taking on the organizations like the U.S. Pastor Council, who are the ones that are regularly lobbying and protesting on behalf of the religious right to create gender specific laws for bathroom usage. Right,
0: and this, of course, discriminates against transgender and non-binary people.
1: Yes, state by state, we're seeing these bills get passed under the auspices of protecting women and children, when really they're unnecessary, discriminatory, and, as we've illustrated, an inefficient way of designing buildings with bathrooms.
0: And I kind of want to just throw in there, as as a woman and somebody who was once a child, (laughs) I, I don't feel like I'm being threatened by a man using the same space yes absolutely yeah and or, i actually or, think it'd be better to be able to bring your like 10 year old child who's a different you know gender into the bathroom with you without and not it worry weird. about them my yeah. husband
1: should be able to take my two-year-old into the bathroom without feeling uncomfortable which mm-hmm. he does you know let's destigmatize a father being able to take his kid to the bathroom weird. but as demonstrated by the civil rights act When these discriminatory laws are being created like this, the federal government often has to step in and create a blanket federal law or the Supreme Court needs to set a precedent showing that this is unconstitutional, which they should do. Mm -hmm. But then these building code related laws can be changed over time to reflect a more equitable status quo. So people need to be addressing local, state, and federal lawmakers and making a point to make their voices heard regarding how illogical these laws are. Ultimately, this is a waste of public and private resources to maintain an unnecessary conservative taboo. Uh,
0: I do want to say, though, that our current infrastructure is not really conducive with our bathroom ideal, which is, you know, the single-user European stall that have effectively separate waste washing and grooming areas, like my New York bathroom.
1: Sure, but neither was the infrastructure conducive to progress when the Jim Crow laws were overturned. Mm. And I, I want to be clear that the subjugation and oppression of African Americans is nowhere near the same as the discrimination towards gender nonconforming individuals. They are two very separate issues. But it's an example of creating effective change in an uncooperative infrastructure to enact a more equal experience for all of us, even when it's not convenient to the majority. Although I think that the majority
0: in this case, being like maybe more conservative individuals, is rapidly declining.
1: Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. But I think that's just how we work, is Mm. the world is progressing Mm -hmm. and those who may not find this palatable are becoming a mi- minority yeah, yeah, and hopefully much like we look at other discriminatory laws in our history we think of all of this as silly and awful and unnecessary in the future although I hate the idea that we have to look at stuff
0: we've done as silly and unnecessary I wish we could just get to the point faster and more efficiently <laughs>
1: Yeah, but, you know, I'd also like it if we didn't have to completely – if we didn't have to legislate the way we use the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be great if we could all just pee? Because it was great in Atlanta (laughs) when I just got to (laughs) pee. (laughs) And go back about my day. (laughs) I know, I know. We're going to take a quick break. Hey, so remember when we were both in New Hampshire – Yeah. This last summer, it was fabulous. It was wonderful. Remember when we strapped my child to my brother-in-law and took her on a really long hike? Yes. It was wonderful. It was fabulous. Wasn't it?
0: (laughs) That was made possible by the piggyback rider. (laughs) I kind of wanted to be strapped to anybody
1: halfway through that hike. Yes. But especially when you're two years old. (laughs) And your legs are really small. (laughs) But the Piggyback Rider is a wonderful product. (laughs) It's essentially a harness that you wear that has a uh, little, like, step thing that you put your child on and then strap them to you. And it equally distributes the weight of your child to make the hike less arduous for both you and your child. (laughs) And as a,
0: I don't have any kids, but I was watching this happen, and I did have the thought, if I ever did have a kid, I would want one of those.
1: Yes, because it's also applicable for things that aren't hikes. Disneyland, I'm sure, would be so much easier if you could just hoist the kid on your back. Going
0: to the grocery store. Ren fair. Keeping them off of the ground.
1: <laughs> the floor is lava. <laughs> <laughs> In short... The Piggyback Rider is the solution to all of your levitating child needs. (laughs) Check one out at piggybackrider.com.
0: Also available on Amazon. So I've been going through a tough time, and I don't need to go into that, but I I do want to get into my current self-therapy routine.
1: Share your self-love with me. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, this is not this is not self love. This is just like bury my mind in something numbing, and uh, I've been watching a bunch of niche hobby YouTube videos, and my go to mm-hmm. is, I believe it's Yellas. Okay, because it's Dutch, I think J E L L E Yellas Marble Run.
1: Just, just
0: just listen to a clip of this show.
1: Down they come
0: they go balls of chaos out in front savage speeders taking second it's now so fall back oh
1: rangers up to the lead after capturing gold in the last event now they have a lot of trouble moving through those quick chicanes to start things off the raspberry racers move <laughs> up into first
0: if i mean these, first, these brothers they from, they from the neverland netherlands they just spoof the olympic games and the commentator is so ridiculously good at commentating on these marbles and it's 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 so captivating
1: my favorite part about it is that you can buy merch for your team.
0: I am, I mean, the hazers kill it. The hazers are great. I'm also kind of for the underdogs here. I'm i am into the pinkies. I like the Thunderbolts. The Thunderbolts are good. I, uh, no, the Savage Speeders are the best, actually. But the Thunderbolts are good. And once again, we're talking about marbles. Fuck the o Rangers. I just want to <laughs> throw that one out there. You got to hate a team, and I hate them.
1: <laughs> Fuck the Rangers. They're so just orange. We do hate things that are orange at this show. Yeah. Especially the president. No! <laughs> um, but I have a confession to make. Okay. I, too, have a couple niche hobby YouTube video channels do that you? I am addicted to. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite is probably Ants Canada. But if you saw the title of this video, then you already know what's up next. These ants have a big plan in mind. They are planning an escape. Ants Canada is so charming. It's so charming. So it's this guy Mikey Bustos and he has just dozens of ant farms and species that he has just built these ant farms for that are intricate and massive and amazing and he narrates what the ants in these colonies are doing as he cares for them and it's so addictive uh it's it's kind of like meerkat mansion because you become embroiled in the very real politics of these ant colonies and truly the best part about it is this guy's passion for ants this is just his thing and he loves it in this Video. this i'm gonna show you how i could tell that these ants were planning a big breakout and what i did to circumvent their plans and also actually change their minds. So be sure to keep watching until the end. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ants Canada Ant Channel. I love it. It, It's so soothing and educational and you just want to be a part of it. But I went through a really rough time recently as well and I actually leaned on a show that's very unlike me. Linus Tech Tips. Uh, Linus Sebastian... Reviews tech components and builds PCs. And I was obsessed for several months while I was dealing with my postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. His show had me treating PCs like your granddad would a hot rod. Mm. My favorite build was this one where it was a PC tower submerged in an aquarium of mineral oil. Now, bear in mind, my tower, I used purely to play World of Warcraft with. I did not know any of the tech specs until I watched about 6 months of this guy's YouTube channel in the space of maybe 3 weeks.
0: <laughs> I'm just like imagining you talking about computers the same way people talk about cars.
1: Oh yeah, look at that graphics card. It can it can do it can do stuff. <laughs> it's exactly it's awesome. how people talk yeah, it. <laughs> exactly I don't know, my brain blanked entirely in that moment but you know I stand there looking at it like what's your cooling unit on that tower is it water cooled <laughs> or fan which 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 you're working with how much rams on that sucker like right, right. <laughs> it's a little gross it got a little gross <laughs> that's
0: okay we all need what we need to get us through
1: we do. Mm-hmm. And and I really love the way YouTube and the Internet at large has given us the opportunity to really harness our passions and share them with the world and, you know, make a living off of it. I mean, isn't that kind yeah. of the dream? That's what we're promised. Yeah. <laughs> I, was,
0: I was listening to this podcast, the Naval podcast, mm-hmm. and, and he actually talks about how the Internet allows you to capitalize off niche markets. Because the internet allows you to scale the market. So you can, for example, have a following of like 50,000 equally passionate people about this one niche thing. And this allows you to turn your passion into a career possibility. And YouTube is a great conduit for this phenomenon.
1: I think the great thing about this is that you can figure out if there is an audience for what you're trying to do very quickly. But there is. Yeah, but what I'm saying is market research is at your fingertips with Mm -hmm. the internet. You can find your kind. You know, once upon a time, you had to travel thousands of miles and go to conventions for things that you were really, really into. Bringing it
0: back around to going to Dragon Yeah, (laughs) (laughs)
1: look at me. It's like poetry, it rhymes. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But like now you can just, open up a computer or your phone yeah. you know and you can find people that are just as into watching pimple popping videos as you are. Oh, she has a show now. She has a show. I know. I'm so proud of her. She sells licensed comedone extractors. Really? Yes. Oh, that's she really has a merch cool. market.
0: Yeah, that's chill. Like I and and think about it. I I don't want to say that her job as a doctor is not as hard. But there are doctors who have so many, like, high-risk things going on.
1: I, I don't and think brain surgeons have shows.
0: <laughs> she's made a killing. Oh, yeah. Popping pimples. And I'm, I'm so down for
1: that. I'm so, I mean, I have watched those videos. Mm-hmm. Something relaxing about it, man. I,
0: I I, think it's the grossest thing in the world, but I'm obsessed with it.
1: Yeah, no, no one who goes into that. The comments are all filled with people going, why am I watching this? Uh-huh. And you yeah. ask yourself that question, but it feels good.
0: Oh, man, it's therapeutic. <laughs> it's
1: like popping bubble wrap. It is. Mm-hmm. There you go, folks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've given you a list of new... Uh, rabbit holes on the internet for you to end up. check out
0: yellow's marble run like i played it at the bar i work at it was just i was playing the marble olympics on the television and my boss walked in and he was like
1: (laughs) (laughs) did anyone comment did anyone enjoy it oh so
0: many people when they walked in were like what are you watching and then they sat and watched it for like an hour well that's exactly what you did to me you put it on and i was like Mm -hmm. "Kate, why are we and then afterwards, you were Oh, like, five
1: minutes in, I'm looking at t-shirts, yeah. trying to find a bumper sticker. Yeah, five for- minutes in, you were like, fuck the O'Rangers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, hashtag fuck the O'Rangers. That's how we're tagging this episode. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you,
0: everybody, for listening. We love you. Thank you for engaging. Uh, to continue our dialogues, please add us on... Twitter at Tyler
1: in France. And Instagram at Tyler in France. F-R-A-N-T-Z. And we want to remind you to keep an eye out on November 28th for our new production, Model Memoirs, hosted by Rachel Reed.
0: Looking forward to that as well. Have a great week. Bye-bye. So I've been going through a tough time lately. You're literally laughing at me <laughs> as I say this. I'm
1: because we
0: go from that fucking camera com- <laughs> so you can wear it in the front too right no shit <laughs> this is a shit show <laughs> no fun intended <laughs>
1: this a sense of ways
0: ren fair keeping them off of the
1: fuck <laughs> oh, yeah. this is important information <laughs>